For those that don't know, I'm Pastor Carlos, or how Lydia named me, Pastor C. Um, Pastor Rob is not here today. He is uh, sick. And I say that because if he decided to take a beach day today, it was not the day to do it. <laughs> so uh, I was sick early in the week. Pastor got sick in the middle of the week. Pastor Stephen got sick at the end of the week. So what I'm going to ask you to do right now is just put your hands towards the pulpit. Pastor Stephen stands here. Pastor Rob's usually here. Just put your hands towards the pulpit. We're going to pray for him. Well, Father, we thank you for your healing touch over Pastor Rob and Pastor Stephen. We thank you, Lord, that you are giving them rest right now in Jesus' name, that you are restrengthening them and revitalizing them to where they need to be to run 100% for you in Jesus' name. And everyone said? Amen. Amen. It's important that we pray for our leaders. It's important that we pray for our pastors. You know, I, for one, know firsthand because I work closely here with pastor, that when you work at a church, if you call it for a sick day, you, they say, well, come in, I'll pray for you. <laughs> that's, that's the beauty of working at a church. But no, um, <clears throat> we all go through stuff, you know, and, and not just, not because we're pastors, we're, we're eliminated from going through stuff. And my, the title of my message today is insert title here, and I'll get into that in a little bit and why. Um, the message that I want to talk about today came up at our last night of worship. During our last night of worship, we had a good time of worship and prayer. And at the end of the service, I went up to Pastor Rob and I said, Pastor, I, I really feel the Lord is showing me these things. And I want to share them with you. I want to pray for you. And after I spoke to him for about 15, 20 minutes, he says, well, you need to talk to Paul because he had a similar word. So I talked to Paul. Just before we left, we prayed for him. And it's important that we become people that are willing to step out and pray, not just because he's the pastor, senior pastor, and has a pastoral title. That doesn't mean that your prayers are not effective for him. Amen? We're going to read a lot of scripture today. Is that okay? Can we read scripture in the house of the Lord? Amen. I'm going to start with Exodus 17, verses 8 to 15. It says, The Amalekites came and attacked the Israelites at Rephidim. Moses and Joshua, uh, Moses said to Joshua, Choose some of our men to go out and fight the Amalekites. Tomorrow I will stand on top of the hill with the staff, with the staff of God in my hands. So Joshua fought the Amalekites as Moses has ordered. And Moses, Aaron, and Hur went to the top of the hill. As long as Moses held up his hands, the Israelites were winning. But whenever he lowered his hands, the Amalekites were winning. When Moses' hands grew tired, they took a stone and put it under him. And he sat on it. Aaron and Hur held his hands up, one on one side, one on the other, so that his hands remained steady until sunset. So Joshua overcame the Amalekite army with the sword. I'm going to pause there. The significance of the stone is, we know Jesus is the cornerstone. 
But the significance of the stone is that stones are used, large stones were used to build a temple, and a small stone took out Goliath, right? Aaron and her, they placed a stone, and they sat Moses on the stone, and then stood by his sides, holding his arms up. It says they held it till sunset. Now, maybe I'm a little out of shape, but during worship, if I'm up front and I'm worshiping, I start like this. But by the second song, my hands are coming down a little bit. (laughs) Am I the only one? Okay. These men stood there holding his arms up until sunset. Okay. This is significant because we need to have people around us that are willing to lift us up and hold us up. Okay. Just like Pastor Rob and and Pastor Stephen and all the other leaders in in the church are willing to hold us up. We need to become a people that are willing to hold each other up. Amen? Amen? It doesn't say in, in this chapter, it doesn't say, uh, other than sunset, it doesn't say when they started. We, we imagine they started very early in the morning. And uh, if, I'm, if Moses was anything like me, you know, by, by the second swing, his arms were coming down a little bit. You know, the stone also signifies stability and, and permanence. You know, like I said, large stones were used to build an altar. And the solid foundation that is the stone is significant because they sat him on Jesus. Okay, let me, let me just cut to that. They sat him on Jesus and said, you stay here in Jesus and we're going to lift you up and hold you there. Amen? Amen. I'm trying. Verse 14. Then the Lord said to Moses, write, write this on a scroll as something to be remembered and make sure that Joshua hears it because I will completely blot out the name of Amalek from under heaven. Moses built an altar and called it Jehovah Nisi, the Lord is my banner. He said, because hands were lifted up, Against the throne of the Lord, the Lord will be at war against the Amalekites from generation to generation. Another passage that came to me um, that night was was found in Luke. Luke chapter 5, starting with verse 17, says, One day Jesus was teaching, and Pharisees, and teachers of the law were sitting there. They had come from every village of Galilee and from Judea and Jerusalem, and the power of the Lord was with Jesus to heal the sick. Some men came in carrying a paralyzed man on a mat and tried to take him to the house, take him into the house to lay him before Jesus. When they could not find a way to do this because of the crowd, they went up on the roof and lowered him on his mat through the tiles into the middle of the crowd right in front of Jesus. When Jesus saw their faith, he said, friends, friend, your sins are forgiven. I'm going to pause there. How many of you have ever gone to a a general admission event? Show of hands. You pay at the door and good luck finding a seat? One of those? Yeah. Those events, if it's at 6 o'clock, my wife says we have to be online at 4. Some of you got it. (laughs) 
I don't know. It doesn't say that these guys were upset. I don't know who would be happy with, I stood online all day to get front row seat with Jesus. Here's Jesus preaching. Here's Jesus teaching right here, sitting similar to how Moses was. And the people that waited all day to get here to be in front of Jesus, now suddenly somebody's cutting a hole in the roof and dropping someone in front of them. Doesn't say they were mad. Of course, if they were, they had other issues. <laughs> Can you imagine the distraction that would have come with cutting a hole in the roof? Like, take for instance, and I did this in the earlier service and people cringed. If I were to speak to you today <laughs> while I'm slamming on this, is that distracting? Yes. It is to me, and I'm up here. It doesn't say that they were distracted. It doesn't say that they were thrown off or upset. All it says is that four men came, they cut a hole in the roof, and they put somebody that needed to be in front of Jesus at the feet of Jesus. Church, what I'm telling you today is that we need to become a people that are willing to cut a roof and put somebody in front of Jesus that needs to meet him. Amen? Verse 21, the Pharisees and the teachers of the law began thinking, thinking to themselves, who is this fellow who speaks blasphemy? Who can forgive sins but God alone? Jesus knew what they were thinking and asked, why are you thinking these things in your heart? Which is easier to say, your sins are forgiven, or to say, get up and walk? But I want you to know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. So he said to the paralyzed man, I tell you, get up, take your mat, and go home. Immediately, he stood up in front of them, took what he had, uh, took what he had been lying on, and went home praising God. Two key points in that last scripture. Number one, immediately. Okay? God works two ways, immediately and suddenly. I'm going to say that again. God works two ways, immediately and suddenly. The second point in that is he went home praising God. You see, sometimes, and I, I speak from personal experience, sometimes we get a blessing. And we take that blessing for granted and don't realize it's a blessing and we let it go. And we don't realize where the blessing came from. He went home praising God so that he can grab hold of his blessing and keep it. Now, I've been on the other side of that where I lost my blessing. God is gracious, and I get blessed again. But it happens. So I looked in, in Mark chapter 2, verse 3 to 11, this same story is, is written in both Luke and Mark. And they're, they're pretty much verbatim. It's, it starts off, some men came to bring, uh, bringing to him a paralyzed man carried by four of them. Since they could not get him to, to Jesus, uh, since they could not get him to Jesus because of the crowd, they made an opening in the roof above, uh, above Jesus by digging through and lowered the mat that he was lying on. It's the same story. What's significant here 
is that in both, in both uh, instances, he says four men. We know they had names, but they weren't named in here. Because to them, it didn't matter that their names were recorded. What mattered to them was that they got this, this friend of them, this friend of theirs, in front of Jesus. Okay? It doesn't say it was four pastors. It doesn't say it was four of the hierarchy leadership in the church. It says four men. This is four guys that saw a need to bring somebody before Jesus. What I want you to get today from all of this is we need to become a people that are willing to take somebody before Jesus. We need to become a people that are willing to step out of our comfort zones and bring somebody to the feet of Jesus that needs to see him, that needs to be touched by him, that needs to be healed by him. We also need to become a people that are willing to admit when we need somebody to help bring us to the feet of Jesus. Amen? That's a tough one. That's a tough one for me. I speak with Pastor Rob, and I, I point down here because I pray for you. <laughs> I speak with Pastor Rob regularly, um, not just because we work together, but he, he's one of my closest friends. Okay. I speak with Pastor Stephen, same. I trust them enough that when I'm going through stuff, I call them and I talk to them, and I, let, I, I ask them to speak into my life. I don't always see the big picture. Sometimes I get tunnel vision. I'm Hispanic. I get tunnel vision real quick. <laughs> it's important to have people like that in your life. I also acknowledge the fact that when Pastor Rob is going through something or Pastor Stephen or, or they need to bounce an idea off of someone, they come to me too. Because you have to be willing to not only bring someone to the feet of Jesus, but acknowledge when you need somebody to help bring you to Jesus. Amen? So, how do we do that? How do we become people that are willing to take someone to the feet of Jesus? We get around people that'll help us be people that are willing. When I was growing up, and we're live streaming, so I got to be careful how I say it. <laughs> when I was growing up, I didn't do a lot of nice things. Um, uh, I, from middle school and high school, I was boosting cars and first started with car radios and then it escalated to cars, whole cars. Whole cars are easier to run with than, yeah, you shouldn't laugh at that. That's not. <laughs> <laughs> But that's, that's because that was the people that I was hanging out with. You know, from there it turned into the people that I was hanging out with at the club scene. So it was parties every night of the week. You know, I would live for Friday night because I can party from Friday to Sunday. Um, and it's drugs, alcohol, and all of this thing, all of these things because that's what I was surrounding myself with. Those are the people I was associating with. My grandmother had this saying that she would say, Dime con quien andas y te diré quién eres. And the translation to that means, tell me who you're walking with, and I'll let you know who you are. I want to tell you, 
I want to be like Jesus. I want to be surrounded by people that are going to make me do good, do better. And not because I have a pastor title, but because I'm a person. And you don't need a title. The reason the title of my message today is, is insert title here is because if you're a person that needs to see a title for the sake of doing something, have at it. But you don't need a title to be a good person. I think that deserves a little. <clears throat> we need to become people that are, that are so God-focused and willing. It's not easy. I got saved at 33. That was 33 years of garbage I had to unlearn. Okay? And I gave you a little snippet of middle school and high school. That's about four years. I wasn't always a nice person. I got to be careful of my dad's watching from Puerto Rico. <laughs> dad, I love you, Dad. I didn't mean to take your car and waste all your gas. <laughs> it, the truth is, who we surround ourselves with makes a difference on who we become. Who we surround ourselves with, makes an, it, it, it impacts directly and indirectly how we respond to people. If you surround yourself with people that are like-minded Christians, if you surround yourself with people that are in the Word constantly, guess what's going to happen? You're going to get in the Word, and you're going to get encouraged, and you're going to become that encouragement to somebody that needs to be encouraged. So where am I going with all of that? Aha, this is where I plug in connect groups. Yeah, oh, look, you had a motive. You said you were going to plug connect groups. Yep, yes, I did. Why? Because it's important. It's important because when I first got saved, April 30th, 2006, I remember my rebirth day like it was yesterday because that was the day that I was on the way to church and I said, God, if you're real, you show up. Guess what? He showed up. He showed up and this big tough guy was weeping at the altar like you wouldn't believe. And I'm not ashamed to say it. That day changed my life. You know what helped? having people in connect groups that were willing to include me and help me change the way I was thinking by getting me in the word so that I can be transformed by the renewing of my mind so that I can hear the word over and over and over and start to unlearn the stuff that used to drag me down this other path. And it didn't happen overnight. But these same people were willing to be an encouragement to me every time I needed it. To the point that when I was able to be an encouragement to them and to others, it was second nature. Amen? Amen. So, why do I mention connect groups? If you're not in a connect group, I encourage you to get in a connect group. Go on our website, Look at the little QR code that I keep holding up. Scan it on your phone. There's groups for every age, every person. It's okay. Check out the connect groups that we have and go to one. Why? Because the first step you need to take to get around people that are different is be different. You've not tried it. Try it. You'll like it. <laughs> Guaranteed. If you have trouble finding a connect group, come see me. I know all of the connect group leaders. It's awesome. 
You guys can laugh a little louder than that. Come on. You, listen, you laugh at Pastor Rob's jokes? <laughs> Look, in all seriousness, I can't stress the importance of it. Why? Because I want to get you plugged into a connect group and, and, and have you doing something. No, that's not it. I know the importance of getting around people that are going to help encourage you when you don't want to. You know when I get the most out of the worship? Is when I don't feel like coming to church. Okay? And I got news for you. If you're coming to church on Sundays only and getting your quick pick-me-up or fix because of Pastor Rob's preaching, you're missing out. Okay? That's a great piece. I love them. And it's trans life-transforming. However... If you're only waiting for once a week on Sunday for an hour and a half at best to come and get in the Word, you're missing out. There's so, much, there's so many pieces in there that will help transform you. This is why we get into connect groups. This is why it's not because we want to sit down at a table and talk together. Yeah, that's part of it. But we want to build a relationship with you so that you know that there's somebody that's going to sit with you and talk with you and pray for you when you need it. And there's going to be someone there that... When you're struggling with something, guess what? They're going to say, you know what? You're always an encouragement to me. Let's pray for you. Amen? So do we have any connect group leaders in the house? Dr. Paul and Beth? Anybody else? Could you just stand up for a quick minute? Look around you. These are our connect group leaders. These are part of some of our connect group leaders. We had some in the first service. If you're not plugged in, Please see one of these people that are standing here today, okay? If you want to check them out online and you can't get on there, come see me. I will walk you through how to get it. That's how important. Thank you, guys. And look, by the same token for the connect group leaders, invite people to your connect group because if they're anything like me, they're too shy to say yes and, and come ask. So they're waiting for somebody to invite them. Do it. Do it because... When I was too shy to do it, somebody poked me. The person that invited me to Connect Group probably invited me five times before I actually went once. And I went because I was like, you know what? If I don't go, he's going to keep asking. <laughs> <laughs> Best decision I made. I went once and I never stopped going. I know I'm harping on connect groups, and, and, and what I want you to get from this church is the importance of getting around people that are willing to step out and just be real with us and be able to sit down and talk about anything and everything. And yes, there are biblical principles, but we're also people, and we go through stuff. And if you're going through something and you have no one to talk to about it, how are you going to get the right answers? If you don't know how to get into the Word and break down how to make a Word that was written starting 4,000 years ago relevant to today, how is it going to work? This is, this is where going to a connect group and going to your leadership, knowing who your leaders are, becomes something that's important in your walk. The only way that you're going to change is if you start doing different things to help you change. Amen? Amen.
dramatic pause. Sorry. <laughs> you know, I, I, I'm usually on sound because I love it. <laughs> and pastor tells me, you need to get away from there and come up here. And yeah, I, I love when he's here. <laughs> Thank you. Amen. Amen. And I, and I don't say it for that. I, I, I say it because uh, we all have comfort levels. And we all have places where we need to grow. This is one of the places where I need to grow, is seeing everybody face on, not from the back of their heads because I'm at the sound desk. <laughs> okay? I, I love that because, and, I, and I'll tell you why I love that. It, you know, it, it comes back to these four guys I was talking about that brought... The, paral the paralytic before Jesus. It doesn't say their names. If there's one thing I know about and love is behind the scenes ministry. Okay? Because a good service is a service that nobody knows I'm there. And they saw Jesus. Amen? Amen. Thank you. Would you stand with me? I want to encourage you again, if you've not gone to a connect group, if you're thinking about it, go, check it out, check it out online, come see me, talk to me today, I would love to try to get you plugged into a connect group, not because I want you to be there, yes I do, but not because of that, but because I know the importance of it, and I'm going to keep saying that over and over and over again, every time I see you, I'm going to say, hey, are you in a connect group, because that's how important it's all about relationship. It's all about connection. One of the biggest connections that we need to make is making sure that everybody knows Jesus Christ. Amen. So with every eye closed and heads bowed, I'm going to ask you today, if you don't know Jesus, would you raise your hand? Maybe you've accepted him before and you walked away. And no matter how far you've gone from him, only one step from coming back. If that's you, raise your hand. Amen. For those of you watching online, at the end of the service, stay tuned for a short video from Pastor. If you've accepted Christ online, um, please watch the video. I want to send you a Bible. Well, Father, I thank you for each and every one that was here today. I thank you, Lord, for your word and your works that you're doing in us and through us, Lord. Bless each and every one today in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, God bless you, church. Appreciate you being here. Real quick, Friday, senior lunch, 1 o'clock. If you're young enough, please sign up. And Saturday is the young adults event if you're old enough, sign up for that one. All right? You can not God bless you, church. We'll see you Sunday. Pastor will be here next Sunday. Amen.